Hello everyone, I've got a quick diversion from photography and my recent dive into family history today to take a minute and marvel at a news bite that you might have missed from this week. Well, Variety and The Hollywood Reporter, the two big Hollywood trades, are now corporate siblings, like Coke swallowing Pepsi or Toyota bringing Nissan into the fold. It's so hard to believe. The company that owns Variety snapped up The Hollywood Reporter as well. Listen and you'll hear why I think this is such a huge deal because as you may or may not know, at an earlier time in my life, I was a Hollywood Reporter reporter. At a time when Variety was king and The Hollywood Reporter was a very weak number two. Competition was fierce, unlike anything I ever experienced anywhere else at any other time. Like heart-thumping, every morning intense. Each night, I would go to sleep, hoping I wouldn't be scooped in the morning. I'd wake up, and that's all I could think about, with a pit in my stomach on the drive into Hollywood. I would arrive to the offices on Sunset Boulevard, right in between Hollywood High, and the corners of the World Building, breathing heavily and immediately grabbing what was awaiting me on my desk. It was the latest issue of Daily Variety, already marked up in red pencil. The stories that were on my beat were highlighted and the subtext was simple, why didn't you have this too? Because Variety and The Hollywood Reporter were so competitive, the Variety reporters told their sources that if they gave their story to us, they would not be noted in the show business Bible. And Variety played really hard. Sometimes they gave an inch and agreed to note the story, but it would appear on the next to last page as a two to four paragraph short. Yes, it was that rough. Variety, of course, had that storied history that created such pieces of slang as the words boffo for great, biopic for biography, and nix for reject. The famous headline, Sticks, Nicks, Hicks, Picks, was immortalized in the George M. Cohan biopic, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Hollywood Reporter had The Rambling Reporter and the late Robert Osborne before he became that Robert Osborne. A Variety front page article, a mention in Army Archer's column, those were the places Hollywood power wanted to be. Hollywood Reporter was an afterthought, but one they indeed wanted as well. The two trade papers had small circulations of around 15,000 each, but talk about influencers. Every subscriber was the ultimate influencer from studio chiefs to network heads, show buyers and schedulers, producers and other industry pros who wanted to be in on the know. My phone rang every morning between 9 a.m. and 9.15 with an intensity I would never see anywhere else in my career ever. The feedback was amazing and instantaneous, and the screaming when they didn't like the article, which was often, was at high level, how could you, decibels. My job was to get an exclusive, or at least the same story, day and date. My competitor was a crusty reporter now deceased named Maury Gelman. He was a veteran with the best Rolodex in town, or so it seemed to me. I was young and I learned on the job by going to lunch with sources every day and attending every industry function there was. And I didn't care about anyone else than Maury. If the LA Times got a scoop, it really didn't matter. If Time or Newsweek wrote about something, well, that was old news. Variety was all we cared about. Hollywood Reporter was founded in 1930 by Billy Wilkerson, a one-time owner of the Ciro's Nightclub on the Sunset Strip, as 
It was his answer to Variety, which had begun in 1905 as a New York-based weekly chronicler of vaudeville and theater. The L.A. version, Daily Variety, started up in 1933. At the time I was there, the trades were mostly about casting news, executive appointments, labor updates, and slate stories. Like, you know, that Paramount was set to produce eight new films in the coming year. It would go on to name them and the attached producers and talent. But it was the exec appointments that were our lifeblood because it told the subscribers who was in and who was out. In other words, of whom could they call on? My beat was home video and pay TV, two areas that were brand new, at a time when new channels like MTV and Disney Channel were launching. HBO was becoming a new force in Hollywood, and the studios hated them back then. I reported that, and HBO despised me. I went out to lunch every single day, pulling up to the valet in my beaten-up white and really dirty Mazda that was head-to-toe with bumper stickers at the Polo Lounge, Brown Derby, Jimmy's, The Palm, Hamptons, and other long-gone industry hangouts. That's where I met folks at their suggestion for our interviews. Even with the Hollywood Reporter variety rivalry, some people were happy to talk to me. I just couldn't reach the top caliber as often as Variety did. But it would happen. My phone, when I'd answer my phone, you wouldn't hear people saying, Hi, Jeff. You'd hear, I have Faye Vincent for you. Richard Frank's on the phone. Their secretary would dial the number for them. Meanwhile, things were pretty wild in that newsroom. Gina, Rena, and Tina were three of the reporters, and every time one of their names was called out, they all turned at the same time and said, yes. One of the sales associates, Pat, was all over the newsroom daily, urging us to cozy up to her advertisers and write glowing pieces about them, especially during AFM time. AFM was the American film market, and it was a venue where cheap independent movies were brokered in suites at a Sunset Strip hotel. Producers got attention for their schlocky titles by buying full-page ads in The Hollywood Reporter. Menachem Golan and his Canon Films was our benefactor. I didn't write about movies, but I wrote about Menachem because it was mandatory. He was a big advertiser. He paid our salaries. Some of his films included titles like Hospital Massacre, Enter the Ninja, a few of the Death Wish sequels, and a Sylvester Stallone vehicle about arm wrestling called Over the Top. My first editor was fired after the publisher's daughter requested to have her boyfriend installed as editor instead. The two married a year later, and when they returned from the honeymoon, the publisher fired her new son-in-law. No reason given. I left soon after. Now, in recent times, Hollywood Reporter engineered what seemed to be an, an amazing comeback, investing millions of dollars, switching from daily publication to online focus, and producing a once-a-week glossy magazine that was like Vanity Fair with more of an industry bent. The studios loved it. Variety, meanwhile, lost its mojo and took a backseat to the two hot online trades of the internet era, Deadline and The Wrap. Meanwhile, all that money Hollywood Reporter spent on expansion wasn't paying off. The company had some big layoffs earlier this year, and now it's part of the Penske Media Group, which also owns Deadline and Billboard 2. The only independent left is The Wrap. It's also sad, but at least the Hollywood Reporter reporters don't have to endure having their rival stories circled anymore, right? Now, in keeping with my photo and tech theme, where are my great photos of the newsroom? Because I can only find one roll of black and white triax that was snapped during this time period on a contact sheet. Now, first of all, shame on me for not being more proactive with my shutter. 
But look at how far we've come, folks. Back then, you had a choice of pro-level 35-millimeter cameras, which were hard to operate for most people. You had disposable cardboard cameras, which began appearing in the 1980s, but they were only used for special occasions and places with great light. So for everyday life, most of us never even bothered. Compare that to now, where everyone you know has a camera in their pocket, and you can ask anyone to grab a shot of you with absolutely no issues. And the smartphone cameras are so good, they can shoot in pretty much any kind of light. Still, I would have loved to have illustrated this post with historical images from the newsroom. For those of you listening who may be in this position in a few years, some friendly words of advice. Take more photos and back them up. I'm Jefferson Graham. Thanks, everyone, for listening.